Are you tired of spending hours sharing and sending offers to likers? Introducing Posher VA, the web program that will save you time and increase your sales. With Posher VA, you can automatically share your closet, send offers to likers, and schedule your share times all with just a few clicks. Using code ELDUCHO, you can try Posher VA for two weeks for free, no credit card required. Posher VA is not just another program, it is your program. Say goodbye to manual sharing and hello to even more time in your business. Try Posher VA today using code ELDUCHO, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. Welcome to the Flip the Script podcast. I'm your host, Denali, and I'm a full-time reseller on eBay and Poshmark. My store and closet name is El Ducho, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube as El Ducho Thrift. Today's episode is an update episode with my friends, Tiffany and Hugo. You can find Tiffany and Hugo on Instagram and YouTube under the username sellquickshipquick, and all of that information will be in the show notes for you. I first interviewed Tiffany and Hugo back in 2019, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's episode 11, and it's linked in the show notes of the episode for you, so go check that out first. I wanted to follow up with the couple to share how their business and lives changed during the pandemic, how they broke into selling liquidation, and the biggest change of them all, the birth of their son. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Tiffany and Hugo. Thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah, always happy to join you. Well, this is really exciting to record an episode like this because Tiffany and Hugo are some of my best friends in the whole wide world. We're only missing one of the best friends, but I'm guessing that person is either taking a nap or is down for the night. Oh, he's down. Down for the night. He's down for the night. That's (laughs) okay. He was busy recording his podcast today, I'm sure, right? He drops 10 episodes a week. You would think it's just babble, but it's some serious stuff in between. It's silence, not. <laughs> I love it. Okay. For those that don't understand the inside joke, we are talking about their son, Luca. We last recorded in November, 2019. So I wanted to do an update episode. And so I guess my first question for you guys is how has your business and life changed since we last recorded? Well, the biggest change I think would be Luca. Yeah, that's a big change. It's a very happy change, but it's a big change. I mean, before it was just us two and there was a big difference. We were able to just go thrift six hours straight without a problem. And just, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we would eat, sometimes we would just push it and get really hungry. And then we'd go feast somewhere. We can't do that right now. We're on his schedule. (laughs) We're we're on his schedule. Since 2019 and obviously 2020 our business went through major shifts so many changes yeah okay so let's let's break it down a little bit you know I I mean I guess we don't have to go month by month but let's talk about 2020 what kind of year was it for you guys in terms of reselling how did things change for you so 2020 obviously thrift stores were off limits yard sales were off limits so we were really focusing on relisting things as 
our inventory for a few months there. And then we got into pallets and we were introduced to pallets in 2020. So that was yeah, kind I don't of even a... remember how many we got, but definitely got some really good pallets in 2020. The pallets were really good. They're, they're still good now, but they were really good in 2020. Yeah. I think partially is because there are all those discount stores like Nordstrom and stuff were closed. So they couldn't funnel all the good stuff there. So we got them in pallets. But I mean, you know, once we went through a few pallets, work has definitely changed or reselling has changed. We haven't gotten a pallet in years. Yeah. We stopped pallets and we shifted over back to thrift stores and receiving a lot of items from family and friends. Yeah. So a lot of our inventory has been gifted to us, which has been very cost effective. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're also personal trainers. So we have clients that oftentimes they know we're also resellers. So they'll come to train and drop off a bag of goods for us. They're like, I was going to go drop this off at the thrift store anyways, or donate these. Uh, You guys can go through it first and then we can drop it off for them. So perfect. For those who are listening, who maybe don't know as much about your backstory, they haven't gone back and listened to the episode yet, which, you know, they should just pause this and, and go back there. But you guys are kind of, when it comes to jobs, you guys are like a jack of all trades. You wear many different hats. And so you mentioned that the personal training business, how did that change and grow during the pandemic? Because you weren't training people at your home. I know, spoiler alert, I know you do that now, but you were training at a gym. Did the gym close? Like, how did you adjust? Oh, I mean, 2020 affected everyone, right? And the gym that we were training from, they got hit hard as well. And he, the owner had two locations at the height of 2020, one of which was the one that we trained from. That one closed because rent was still expected of him, even though no one was working. No one was allowed to. I mean, around here, they were shut down like by the city. So he ended up having to sell the gym where we were training from. And then obviously the rest of that year, we were really careful. Being that I have an autoimmune disease, we were extra careful. I didn't leave the house. We were really careful with who we interacted with. We didn't see anyone until there was more information. Yeah. So we didn't really see any of our clients. That was a whole year lost Mm -hmm. of income. I was able to do some training online. Yeah. Which was nice. I was able to just give out workouts to a client and it was a different price bracket because we weren't seeing each other face to face, but it was great. That was very helpful too. And it wasn't until 2021 when, you know, more news was coming in and vaccines were coming out. Our clients were feeling a little more comfortable coming out to train. And at that point, we decided we were going to bring our business to the house because it was going to limit the amount of people touching equipment so that our clients would feel safe. And luckily, at the end of 2020, we were able to get our hands on gym equipment and we started building our own backyard gym space. And then by 2021, our past clients all came back to us, thankfully, who we are still seeing to this day. So we were very thankful for that. Yeah. And it helps because we're not paying someone a fee to train from their gym. Yeah, for sure. And kind of nice for you guys to have your own gym in your backyard. That sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, I know. 
But I, I always joke around with uh, my family that I try to cancel membership to our own gym sometime, and it's just administration sucks in our own gym, and I have to go. <laughs> That's hilarious. So by the end of 2020 and then into 2021 is when you were able to, you guys said you were able to start taking clients back in mm -hmm. at the gym space that you created at home. So then when did stores kind of start opening back up for you guys that you were able to bring thrifting back into your business? You know, I think it was after the vaccines came out that our local thrift stores started opening up again. Yeah. And some of them were doing capacity-based things. Oh, very yeah, limited. Limited. So. And I mean, thankfully for us, again, because we're able to go random times of the day, we were able to go during the middle of the week in times where it wasn't too crowded. So we almost never had to wait in line. Yeah. I think they were doing like a number system. Yeah. So it was like limited capacity in the stores and they... I mean, if you came on a busy day, you had to wait. So yeah. luckily, we just went at the most random times to make sure we were able to get in. Reselling as not necessarily your primary source of income in the past. And maybe I would, you know, if I went back and listened to that episode in 2019, I'm sure you guys said that it probably wasn't your primary source of income. Mm -hmm. In 2020 and then 2021, do you feel like you became full-time resellers? To an extent, because my previous job as a financial aid administrator, I was still working remotely. So I was still putting in hours there. And then we were also reselling. I think maybe early 2020 was when it was full-time reselling um, because the school was trying to figure out how to do online schooling because we were all in person but then once that picked back up then it kind of went back to part-time for me at least um, yeah and then I was also working at that school so that meant I was out because I was an instructor so I was out of that one that job and then we worked at the family restaurant which also shut down for 2020 so like you were mentioning 100% that we were really leaning towards full-time reselling without meaning to yeah. And probably nice to have that to kind of fall into in some ways, you know, it's not planned or maybe, yeah, it was your goal to be a full-time reseller. But I think that's kind of the nice part of having the skill set of reselling is oh, that yeah. you can amp it up at any point. Yeah. We, I mean, we're definitely team, like we were joking around, like we don't put all our eggs in one basket, whether it's, we're talking about strictly reselling and platforms or if we're talking about like actual streams of income, because we were, we had restaurant gigs, we had training, we had school jobs where we were educators. I did property management, did some content creating, all of that along with reselling. So when things went down in other parts, we were able to just put more attention to reselling and push that harder. Again, because we had the ability, because I mean- right. It sounds easy enough. We, uh, we've mentioned it before, you know, you buy something low and you sell it high and you make money, but there's a lot more work that goes to reselling. There's research and stuff that is a skill. The pallets, I think the pallets was a whole new, I, it was a little crazy for us because that was so much inventory that we weren't used to. It was all from home. Yes, it was all from home. And then I am a little too OCD, I think, for pallets. So I was, you know, making sure to manifest every single item that came in. And one of those pallets had 
thousands. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's it sounds great to say we got about like eleven hundred items in one shot, but at the same time, we got eleven hundred items in one shot. Like it's that's a lot for people who come home from the thrift store after they sourced and you know maybe with a hundred pounds from yeah. the bins. And then they leave half of that in a corner and create that famous death pile or money pile. No, our pile was the basement, the garage, the backyard with a canopy over it. Some was in an office. Some was in our living room while we were processing in the office. And then there was a learning curve because when we started the first round, we went to Ikea and got a bunch of these clothing racks. We were like, well, we don't need anything expensive. Let's just get these Ikea racks. And as soon as we set them up, I think we might have actually been on a FaceTime call with With Denali when it happened. Yeah. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like a cartoon, they started buckling. And one rack would bend, drop, hit the next, just enough momentum to drop all the racks, all the clothes. We're like, cool, cool. We just spent an hour and a half setting everything up and Mm -hmm. organizing them Mm -hmm. by brand, size, all that. Down the drain. I yeah I do remember those going down like dominoes that was a little bit sad but yeah those Ikea racks they seem like a great deal but then later you're like yeah they honestly what we paid for yeah baby clothes baby clothes or maybe two silk tops and uh maybe one tank top (laughs) (laughs) two silk tops very specific very (laughs) super specific but like oddly accurate yeah I know firsthand how exhausting it can be to manage all the tasks in my reselling business, like listing, bookkeeping, and more. But I've found a solution that has given me back my time and allowed me to grow my business, hiring a virtual assistant. And now I want to share that solution with you. That's why I've created an online course called Hiring a Virtual Assistant for Your Reselling Business. With this course, you'll learn everything you need to know to find, train, and manage a virtual assistant like a pro. And because I want to make this course accessible to everyone, I'm offering a special coupon code, flip the script that gives you $10 off at checkout. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your reselling business to the next level. Sign up now at hiringava.com and let's enjoy the freedom and fun of growing our businesses together. Again, you can sign up at hiringava.com. Okay, so thinking back about that time in 2020 and 2021, I realized that we haven't even talked about like 2022 or 2023, but thinking back about those two years, do you feel like there was a positive or negative impact? I I mean, I want to say to your business, but you guys kind of have multiple businesses. So I guess we could kind of use that question open ended. But, you know, for some people, the pandemic did go either way for their business. And if we think about, you know, just all businesses in general, right. Some suffered, unfortunately, and some thrived. I mean, how do you feel? What do you feel like was the impact of it for you guys? I think in terms of reselling, it shifted positively for us because that's when we were introduced to a higher volume of inventory and we learned how to process that much inventory. So it was very different for us. Yeah. And then also putting in perspective, we had pallets and we had all this inventory 
But again, we weren't going out. So we really just stayed home and processed. So had we been going out and had a pallet, it would have been a lot more difficult. Yeah. Um, but positively, it increased our sales at a time when obviously things were shut down and, you know, finances were a little bit of a concern because our other work was not exactly thriving. So reselling took a positive turn for us. And then slowly, I think our personal training went kick back in in and which again for us it's all about the whole balance and why we like multiple streams of income because as reselling was calming down because things opened up so then kind of we saw and I think overall the community talked about a kind of a drop in sales overall because everyone was like oh the doors are open and everyone was going out we were still fine we weren't freaking out because our training picked back up and I think the school by then opened back up. So what was nice about 2020 happening, although not, you know, it's not it's complicated. Great. Yes, it's a complicated question because from 2020, our reselling business picked up, but also I became a full-time remote worker from the school, which was nice because I didn't have to go into an office anymore. And once 2020 hit, the school realized we could all function remotely. So I kept my job and I got to do it from the comfort of my own home. Training was now 100% from home, which was nice because we didn't have to leave the house and we got to keep more of the profits because we weren't paying a fee to anyone. So that was actually really nice. Yeah, I mean, overall, 2020 and everything pushed us to figure out how to work from home. We weren't planning at the time. But all of that has turned to being a perfect timing to have a little Luca because now we're able to manage multiple businesses and jobs from home and both of us can be around a little man. Yeah, I guess that was my question is, you know, it sounds like in general, it was a positive for, you know, reselling and then also the personal training and then the administrative work that Tiffany was doing. And, and, and you said it pushed you to be at home more, which, you know, some people would say maybe it would be a negative for them. I mean, the extroverts of the world would (laughs) say that they miss being around other people, but it sounds like it really ended up working out nicely for you guys. Yeah, And you have the ability to bring, I think you have the ability to extrovert when you like, because you have your clients, right? Those are the people that, come into your space and I mean not only do you get to train with them but you have I know personally that you have great relationships with them yeah so when we want to be extroverts then having our clients here you know it's a full hour with them sometimes it goes over an hour and a half because we're chatting with them at the end of the session that's a really nice balance because then it might be an hour in the morning we get a few hours of alone time to work Um, We did increase our clientele in 2022. Reselling, I mean, right now, I think from 2022 to 2023, we did notice like a dip in sales, which was kind of the consensus amongst the community. We saw a dip in our sales and weren't sure if it was just us. And it's not that we want other people to have the same lack of sales, but it was kind of reassuring to know that other people were in a similar boat as we were. But Unfortunately, the school that I was working for and where Hugo occasionally moonlighted, yeah, um, the school Oddly shut enough, down. At that school, I had multiple positions as well, sometimes all at the same time. 
it's kind of like that old I Love Lucy episode where they get stuck at some like dirt road and they're like, can I talk to the mechanic? And he puts on a hat. I'm the mechanic. Uh, your car won't be ready till tomorrow. Well, I got to find a hotel. He changes. Well, I'm the hotel manager. And then the mayor <laughs> is his wife. <laughs> yeah. So the school shut down earlier this year. Yeah. Like very early this year, but it was kind of coming, you know, end of last year. End of last year. year. December is when it closed down. Yeah. Because then that opened up another part of our business. Yeah. So unfortunately, the school, you know, was kind of struggling throughout the pandemic. And then by end of last year, my, the school director finally realized it was time to let go. And so that was one source of income that was out the door, but luckily, well it turned into yet another hat he needed to clear out the physical space the school and so we he let me have anything I wanted as long as I emptied out the space so we're talking about office equipment desks a lot of chairs all all kinds of stuff anything you would expect at a school or office really he just wanted it out so he paid a clear out fee and then he gave us free inventory not commission-based. It was just take whatever you want, sell it if you want, donate it if you want, but it's yours. And then for big ticket items, it was commission-based. And we went on a 60-40 split with him on major gym equipment, which was really nice. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, that opened up. So that whole between the free stuff and the consignment really pushed us into local sales. And that's been a great supplement for reselling. It is part of the reselling community. But I think oftentimes people think of reselling, they focus on a platform like eBay, Poshmark of some kind. But local sales for us, at least because being in Los Angeles, has been a great support for the reselling branch of our income. Yeah, Uh, I mean, getting free inventory to sell sounds like a dream, especially larger pieces like that. You know, was it fruitful for you? I mean, is there an item that sticks out for you that you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, it sold for this amount of money? That was surprising. Yeah. So initially, I mean, within that first week of clearing out the school or partial, as we were working on clearing it out, Hugo was listing things as he was bringing them home. We sold the chairs, the poker chairs. Well, they turned. We didn't know they were going to be poker chairs, but But they were chairs. (laughs) That the school is getting rid of, but they were... They call them nesting. Yeah, nesting chairs. So they could you could fold up the seat and then nest in the next one, you know, so they didn't take up a lot of space. Someone bought those fairly quickly for a few hundred dollars. All of them. All of them at one shot. And then wow. different tables, another few hundred. Yeah, and then there was actually this old copy machine. Just the old school office copy machines. These are the ones that jam up and you can never really get to function. Yes. You know, those lovely ones. <laughs> The, the guy told the director told me like like we got to get rid of this you know maybe you can find e-waste company we can pay to come pick it up no i listed it i just took pictures right where it's at because it was too heavy for me to do anything with so i just took pictures right in the corner within two days a local church picked it up for about 400 bucks so when we were going to wow. pay someone to pick it up to dump it to dump it somebody paid us to take it and they paid 400 knowing that it they were going to have to probably fix it. Yeah, I mean, brand new that we're talking, you know, these equipment. Yeah, these are huge. Yeah, it's very expensive. So for them, they're like this is perfect. So um, this was just stuff that we were getting 100% profit from. Yeah. And then we went into the commission stuff, which was the gym equipment. We 
probably sold uh the initial cable machine was 2500 yeah so we got 60 percent of that or 40 40 40% of the cable machine yeah but and i mean then, and it's funny because so i i had and this is to show you got to have some faith in listing locally it will work but when i first took those i was like yeah sure i'll do commission based on those because i thought they're not going to sell and then i'm going to leave them in your storage unit because I, there's not who's going to buy commercial grade things for their home like that and sure enough we I, we were getting crazy low ball offers on offer up you know having this thing listed for i think at the time i had it listed for like 3200 and people were like oh i'll give you a thousand for it and i'm like no like it was just crazy ridiculous then out of nowhere, somebody put in the good offer, a respectful offer, and took it. And in my head, I was thinking, this isn't real. No, it's not really happening. And it sold. And then we had another leg extension machine, which is a very specific heavy gym equipment that I honestly can't see somebody needing at their house. So I was like, yep, this is not going to sell. And two days before he had to empty out the storage, storage unit. unit, it sold. And we got commission off that. So even though I was a little negative on some of those big pieces, they sold. Yeah, you were negative, Nancy. I was. For a bit there. (laughs) Sorry to the Nancys. I mean, not all Nancys are negative, but this Nancy was negative. (laughs) You didn't want to list it. I was like, what's the point? Giving up on it. He's like, it's not going to sell. What's the point? I'm like, relist it. And I was going to put it on Facebook Marketplace. Just relist it and offer up. Put it at a different price. Well, I don't see what the point is. Well, if you don't list it, it's not going to sell. And if you don't lower the price, you're not going to see if another offer is going to come in and it's better than nothing. No. And part of the reason I was so nay is I had to move that all that equipment from the school to a storage unit. And it was such a hassle. I was so sore from I've worked out and lifted all kinds of weights, but emptying out gym equipment is a different type of pain. And I thought, okay, the pain so- I felt, no one's going to want to deal with this. No one's going to pick, <laughs> no one, no one. That's it. Yeah. Well, the biggest change to your 2022 was the wonderful addition of your son, Luca, who we've mentioned a few times now, who is going to be coming up on a year soon. However, you know, I, I have a child and there's probably parents listening to this podcast who know that when you have a kid, it is, it it's, it's a wonderful, exciting time, but it's also a stressful time. It's a time of adjustment, you know, with having a child, how did that change how you guys approached your businesses? You know, as a parent, you want to be there for your kid. So Part of it is we want to, we need to work, but then when we work, we kind of feel guilty not being, not keeping our eye on him, right? Or it's like he's in the room and clearly he's just there while we're working. But then if we're not interacting with him, there's a level of guilt because I'm not interacting with him. And then when we're with them, we're like, okay, this is, I love this kid. This is amazing. But also that phone bill will not pay itself. And then two hours passes as we're staring at him. But in the beginning, honestly, he slept so much those first few months because he was born a little bit early. He slept all day. So we were still able to get our listings done. Shipping was 
fine. Photographing was fine early on. Unfortunately, his mom was around for the first month helping out. So we were still able to get in some thrift trips. Yeah. They were just a lot quicker because we were like, okay, we got to get home. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Our thrift trips went from, you know, a five-hour day to 30 minutes in and out. So that definitely changed the way that we approached our sourcing trips. Yeah. And then now we still go sourcing with him. We just, again, respect that time window. We know when those naps are necessary. So we do our best to make sure we're home for them. Okay. But I will say the first few months when he was sleeping a lot, when people would ask us, how have things changed? Oh, it hasn't changed that much because, you know, he sleeps so much and we're still able to work so much. And it's not a problem because he doesn't really interfere. Once he was awake for longer periods of time, and he's a lot more active now, the listing component, the photographing, you know, all the things that's needed to resell, not going on as as frequently as it should be. Uh, We're finding ourselves working a lot more at night when he's in bed. So I do different. I do drag him out. If anyone follows us on Instagram, you'll see I drag him out to ship with me. So he will be a <laughs> he's shipping. Very, he's very good at holding the inventory yes. for Hugo. <laughs> I do, which is, I, I think it's so funny, but I will pick, I'll pull an item from our inventory bins. I hand it to him and he'll hold it. So far, he can hold three, roughly one pound items at one time. And I just keep stacking him. And I know because I gave him a fourth and he dropped everything. No, I I mean, as your friend, Tiffany, you know, that it's not something maybe I thought of, but now makes sense hearing you say that for sure. There's like the mom guilt, like you said, where it's like, oh, if I'm doing this, then I'm not spending time with my kid. But if I don't do this, then, you know, we got to sleep out on the streets, right? Mm -hmm. Because we got to make money. But also, I think, you know, knowing you as your friend, you know, you are somebody who has high expectations of yourself and is always kind of on the move. And so I could see how, yeah, it would be even, I mean, I guess it sounds like you've maybe had to adapt a little bit. Yes. Cause the expectations that I have of myself and what needs to be done at home, you know, I mean, cleaning, I love to clean, right. But things aren't getting cleaned up as fast as I would like them to because I have to work and I have to take care of the baby not that he's you know obviously like we do the job together and he takes care of but it's just then I'm trying to do work in the office but then I want to spend time with Luca but then I'll see a mess and then I think we'll have to go clean up the mess but I don't want to clean up the mess right now because Luca's awake so I have to wait until it's nighttime but then at nighttime I have to go do work so then there's, there's a, a lot. There's a lot. There's going a lot on. going on in here. Yeah. There is a lot going on. <laughs> I I relate to that. I'm sure that there's other parents who are listening to this who feel that same way. You feel stretched in so many different directions. And, you know, adding in self-employment is this extra pressure because when you're self-employed, the income only happens when you're doing the work. And if you're not doing the work. <laughs> right that hamster wheel stops spinning we just finished talking about that earlier because Mm -hmm. if our client doesn't show up we don't get paid Mm -hmm. if we're not training we don't get paid it's not like we're getting sick time just for having clients and i mean related to again adjusting or not having all our eggs in one basket uh, we're in california and if anyone followed anything in the news and weather 
we had heavy rain. I mean, our place got flooding. I was dealing with flooding issues in the basement home and stuff like that. But besides the actual issue with flooding, our gym is outdoors. So we couldn't train. So we lost probably a month and a half of income of training. And yeah. it, it was just, there's no way. There's a couple of clients that were like, yeah, it's okay if it's, it's a little wet. Yeah, it's yeah. Close. So they came. But for the most part, we lost a lot in training. But it was okay because we did a lot on local sales during that time too. Yeah. So again, it's right. Cool. So if you didn't have one, something else kind of picked up the slack for the other. Yeah. Smart. So in thinking about, you know, the rest of 2023, I mean, do you guys have any plans to do something new or different with your reselling business or any of the projects that you've kind of taken on or are you guys like okay things are going well right now like let's coast <laughs> in terms of reselling I think we're kind of keeping it I think the big thing with reselling now is we're a lot more open to offers and we're not saying for people to spam our store with lowball offers. We're just saying we understand the, the mark, the, the value of things. is just what people are, are willing to pay. We had items that were priced uh, to sell in 2020. Certain items are no longer selling at that price now. So we have to be more realistic. So with that in mind, we are starting to accept offers and getting more things moving, which is very helpful. So I'm laughing because sometimes I'll see an offer come through. And when I see the notification, I think, oh, God, get rid of it. And then I'll look and I see counter offer submitted. <laughs> Why? It was like a $2 difference. And I'm in the, you know, and I'll be with Luca or I'm doing something where I can't respond right away because we both take turns checking in offers and I'll see the offer come in and, you know, it's on like a J Jill dress. And then I look, I'll take that $15 offer. No, there's a counter offer submitted for $17.50. And it was like a free dress that my sister gave me that we spent no money on. And then I tell him, why don't you just take it? Why don't you just take it? So sometimes I do counter these offers when I consider shipping costs because shipping has gone up. I mean, you know, shipping's gone up. I mean, yes. it's great to have different things like pirate ship or roller shipping, stuff like that. But shipping rates going up sometimes i know like an item might sell for say ten dollars but we're also going to be part of that shipping so i'm like it's not ten dollars it's actually more like 750 because you know after all this and blah 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 so then i'm like mm, i'll boost it by two dollars so that it feels like we're getting ten dollars and then it doesn't sell so then we get zero dollars that was my next question did it sell hugo negative sometimes sometimes <laughs> Well, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I guess, you know, Hugo could wear that dress if you guys end up needing, you know, some new clothes. Yeah, I've worn dresses in the past for content. I could do it again. <laughs> it can, this could be, we could be starting a series here, you know, all the items Hugo counter offered on that never sold. I'm gonna I, put have it to, aside. I have to wear it. I'm going to put it in a corner and have Hugo model at the end of the month. How many, how many items Hugo has counter offered that did not sell? It will become the monthly reel. Mm -hmm. Right. So or this, this is what Hugo's gonna sell on whatnot. <laughs> yeah, wiring it. The other main thing is like we've all we've always been team cross-listing. We Tiffany used to do it manually before there was cross-listing services. So now that there's services like Vendu, 
Oh, that was the other thing I think was the big change for us from 2020 was we finally switched over to Vendu. Yeah, a cross-listing service. And that was really beneficial when it came down to the pallets because I wasn't manually relisting or cross-listing a million items. So that helped. Yeah. And then with that, the reason I bring it up is because there's days where we might not get an eBay sale, but because we have our stuff listed everywhere, we basically have sales every day somewhere. Randomly, we don't get a lot of Depop sales, but oddly enough, we had very slow eBay a couple weeks ago or a week ago. And a lot of people online were talking about how, well, what's going on with eBay? And it's okay because Depop all of a sudden woke up and we had like three Depop sales the same day. Poshmark's like, hey, you want a bundle? Here, we'll give you one too. But again, it wouldn't happen if we were all in on only one. But I know for some oh, people, I- it is overwhelming to be on multiple platforms, but yeah, the way we say it. But a cross-listing it, service can help. It does make it kind of easier, I will say. Oh, it really does. And they, they are improving a lot of them, and they're in, including new things like Vestier is now included, at least beta. And Kittison. Kittison, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and we're open to, like, we were team list, whatever, anywhere. So Grail started accepting more brands. I was like, sure, I'll list them on Grail. Probably won't sell this J. Crew shirt, <laughs> but I'll put it on Grail. If they have J. Crew on the accepted brand list, it's I'm going up. Yep, it's going up there. And you're not charging me. There's no store fee. There's no listing fee. I'm putting it up there. Sounds good to Hugo. Hey, but I get what you're saying because when I have those surprise sales come in through these other platforms that I don't, I don't make regular sales, don't make regular weekly, bi-weekly, it's sometimes just monthly sales from. It's exciting because some of those other platforms like. Well, I mean, I suppose they can submit offers through them, but a lot of times they're just outright sales. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. they just pay full price and boy, that makes your day. Well, my last question for you guys is, you know, thinking back to when we first spoke, well, it's not when we first spoke, but when we, when we last interviewed on the podcast, which was November, 2019, which now feels we've established feels like an eternity ago. If you could go back then and given yourself some piece of advice that would have taken you through these next four years. I'm curious what you guys would have told yourself knowing, I guess, all of what's happened. And so much has happened, I feel like, right? With the pandemic and having a kid and the, you know, the changes that happen in your business, you know, is there something that you would have told yourself to do differently, to do the same, uh, you know, that would have helped you? Well, we're still kind of like not put all your eggs in one basket because from then till now, obviously we went up and down in our different businesses, lost a job, gained a job. I mean, and it was having these different streams of income that kind of kept us afloat this entire time. Or, I mean, besides, it's not so much not to, it's trust ourselves and have a little more, have faith in ourselves because certain things were were new. At one point, again, like I said, I wore many hats at that school. I went instructor. I also did janitorial work for them at one point. And then they offered me career career services. services. I don't have experience career service. But then I sat back and realized, you know what? This is exactly what I do. I help people under talk. I talk through their concerns and just trusted that I can handle it. And sure enough, it was a great like two months before the school closed. 
<laughs> but you know, like early 2020, there was a bit of a freak out and it was just the unknown that was a little scary. Work was slow and it was, I mean, all this stuff was just, just kind of scary at the time. So prior to that, it would have been to just let us know that everything was going to be fine. Everything was going to turn around and yeah, like I said, have faith in ourselves to, that whatever we end up doing, we'll be able to figure it out because we've made mistakes. Things happen, things go wrong, but then we figure it out. And I think it's because we are able to do so many different jobs that sometimes we pull from our other jobs to figure out something in a different job. No, I think that that's really good advice is just trusting in your decisions. And I think one thing that you guys didn't say, but I think comes through in what you said is your ability to adapt to new opportunities when they present themselves and kind of make the changes that you need to make in order to take on new projects when, yeah, when they present themselves. Well, thanks so much, guys. This has been so fun. I mean, I get to talk to you as friends all the time. We travel together. To... <laughs> I know we tra- we've traveled together many times. These are truly some of the, I always say when people ask me about Tiffany and Hugo, I say they're salt of the earth people. It, what you see online of Tiffany and Hugo is exactly who they are in person. Just some of the most amazing, kind, giving, honest wonderful people that you will ever interact with. So if you guys are looking for a letter of friend recommendation, I'm your gal for that. I, and I totally appreciate you guys recording with me tonight. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. All right. Well, we will talk soon. I'll see you later guys. Bye. 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 Thanks again to Tiffany and Hugo for being on this week's episode of the podcast. Again, you can find Tiffany and Hugo on Instagram under the username SellQuickShipQuick, and all of that information will be in the show notes of this episode for you. I wanted to take a moment to say happy Mother's Day. Whether you're a mom, have a mom, or hold the love of a mother figure, this day honors the incredible impact of motherhood. Moms inspire, support, and shape us with their immeasurable love. I hope that today you were able to celebrate extraordinary women who have shaped your life. To those without a mom or who have experienced loss, we stand with you in support. I hope this Mother's Day brings you joy and cherished moments. Until next time, keep on listing and keep on selling.